Another solution to the riddle has been put forward by mathematician Tom Martin. He's long held a curiosity about the cause of the disaster and has applied a structural computer analysis to understand the failure based on the test results of the broken pieces of the bridge which were carried out at the time. My first interest in the Tea Bridge disaster started when I read a book when I was at school. That was the first catalyst that got me going on this. Um, the second thing that started me on it was I received a photocopy of the Court of Inquiry report from a colleague at work who was a metallurgist. I took the report home. I read it on a number of occasions and on reading it, I felt there was a lot of open questions still there to be answered. Years later, I noticed a flyer came through from the university and one of the courses caught my eye and it was entitled Computer Analysis and Structural Engineering given by Professor Ian McLeod. Tom was quite different from the other students in that he had a mission in life. Uh, the other students were there just to get background information. Tom had a real project to do and uh, he was very dedicated to, to finding out what was the cause of the uh, rail bridge disaster. One of the main criteria we used in trying to solve this problem was using a very famous principle in engineering and science which has served science and engineering very well over the past few centuries. Um, it's called Occam's Razor. It's a principle of simplicity and economy and it states that basically entities should not be multiplied beyond necessity. There are still some people today who maintain that the train was necessary to bring the bridge down. The study shows clearly that you don't need to have the train on the bridge. You're just adding something extra into the analysis that's not really needed. When I looked at the Court of Inquiry report and the calculations that were done at the time of the Tay Bridge disaster, I was very aware there were very simple calculations. So the main idea I had was this. I want to use the most modern methods available to reanalyze the structure as if you were analyzing it today and see if any new light could be shed on the disaster. So what I wanted to use was modern computer structural analysis in conjunction with modern knowledge and wind affecting structures. In Bouch's day, he would have been able to do some calculations and work out uh, rough estimates of things such as the bracing load. But what we now can do using computers and only have been able to do this within the last 40 years is to really make quite good predictions of how the thing will deflect and what the forces will be under wind loading. This is an animated model of the pier of the bridge. Up here are the, the high girders the train would run through here. Now. The foundation consists of two layers of stone masonry and below that the main casing. Now the fundamental problem was that the bolts for the column were extended only into the second level of masonry and not directly into the casing. And because of that, when the wind blew, this column here, the base, lifted. That caused the diagonal here, which is the most heavily loaded diagonal, not the bottom one, but the one above that, that caused an increase in the load in the diagonals, and this one, we believe, is the one that would, would first go. And then we get a zipping action of the diagonals all the way to the top, and the whole system topples away. In this theory, the strong wind put an extra load on the bridge, causing a failure to start from the bottom 
and to ripple upwards through the structure. Another plausible explanation, but engineers should always work from the most up-to-date and complete evidence. This theory hinged on 100-year-old data gathered from only a small number of bridge elements. 